There are a lot of false teachers teaching a false gospel. So here is the question for you on today's podcast. Would you know the difference? Well, we're going to be in Galatians chapter one. So get out your Bibles and let's get into it. Thanks for joining us on Stand Strong in the Word podcast with author, speaker, and worldview expert, Jason Jimenez. Stand Strong in the Word podcast is devoted to walking listeners through the Bible in a fresh and powerful way. We pray your spirit is nourished as you gain new perspectives and a renewed appreciation for God's Word. Now, here's Jason Jimenez. What's up, my friends? I pray you are blessed in the Lord. Thank you guys once again for being with me as we enter a second episode now in Galatians chapter 1. And we're going to be looking at verses 6 through 10 as we're studying the book of Galatians. And the title for today, Podcast 161, is Do Not Be Fooled Into Believing a False Gospel. Now, I got to say, as a fellow Christian with you guys here on this podcast, but in my profession as a pastor and an apologist, my passion outright, and I was just encouraging uh, the young generation of people who are feeling called to be in ministry. One of the things I share with him is a huge passion that I have is to make people aware of false doctrine. Okay, so this particular segment in the uh, in the in the book of Galatians, I mean, this is tremendous stuff. This gets to the heart of why Paul was writing this. And it's not because he's ticked off, guys, as we're going to look at it. It's he's so ingrained and he's so in love with the purity of the gospel, which is Jesus Christ. Any perversion of that, he's going to call out because he knows the damage it will have on people. And when people are led astray, the damage that it does, and I've seen it. Perhaps you have. Perhaps you were in a false teaching environment for so long. I was just traveling recently and I remember this one couple, they, they purchased a book. I, I talked to them for a little bit. I was talking to other people. They kind of still lingering around I, and I could tell something was there. And I, and I remember as I just said, Hey, is, if, is there anything else that you guys maybe need to express or a question, you know, before I leave kind of giving them the heads up, but letting them know that, Hey, I care if there's anything going on that they wanted to talk about. And sure enough, they did. They had been in a church, guys, get this. And maybe I know some of my listeners, you guys can relate to this, unfortunately. And this breaks my heart as a pastor. But this family had raised their three children in this church. They've been there for almost 25 years, if I remember correctly. I know it was over 20 years. And they were being spiritually abused. And to the point where the guy, the pastor, and I guess his cohorts, they were teaching a perverted gospel, prosperity, different things, okay? So again, they're not living it and they're teaching something that's contrary to the Bible. And the church that invited me to speak at this event, they found this place just a few months prior to me coming. And it's been very difficult for them. And a lot of the stuff they didn't see for what it was. And so guys, I say that because it could be very subtle, especially if you're being abused, you're being brainwashed. And I've seen not just the pain, the hurt, 
but broken families or breaking up families as a result. And so this is near and dear to my heart what we're going to be getting into today. And so I just want you guys to know up to this point, thank you guys for sticking with the podcast. Thank you guys for just your stories. I mean, props to the faithful listeners of not just donating money and not just downloading the podcasts, but for your prayers, for your friendship. And that's what I want this podcast to be, you guys, as we dive into the word of God week by week, verse by verse, in chronological order, that we can feel a connection in the spirit. I know we have listeners all over the world and it floors me sometimes to think of the impact that this podcast has had for the last three plus years as it continues to grow because it shows me that people are hungry for God's word. Isn't that amazing if you stop and think about that? So if you have listened to this podcast, if you've been very familiar with what we're doing here, I want you guys to know that the ministry that puts this podcast on, Stand Strong Ministries, needs your support. I'm going to be honest let you guys know uh, the ministry can always do with more funds so we can reach more people, plain and simple. So if this has been a blessing to you and you want to see more people grow in God's word so we can have a marketing budget so that we can continue to be out there advertising on Spotify and other big platforms to let people know that there's a podcast like this for people to be in God's word so that they don't fall prey to a perverted false gospel please consider going to standstrongministries.org, click on donate and give whatever you feel led to give. And I just want to say in advance, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart because that gives me an opportunity, you guys, even with the funds that we get, that I can stand behind this mic, open my Bible, pray, study, and then deliver this message to you guys. And I love it. I truly do. There's nothing better than teaching God's word to his people especially when we are being confronted with things that are not true. And when you see someone, just like when you and I were at that point, right, my friends? We were were in darkness. The God of this age has blinded us. We were alienated from the life of God, and yet we've been set free when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Or when you see somebody who is believing in a lie, they're turning to something for answers, and it was causing them more problems than solutions. They were further into bondage than finding freedom that they were hoping to gain or hoping to get from it. And instead, it was completely the opposite of what they were expecting, whether it be naivety, disobedience, whatever the case. But when they see the truth and they're delivered from the lies, isn't it amazing to see the complete transformation? So that's what we're going to be getting into today, you guys. So if you have a Bible, turn on or turn to Galatians chapter 1, 6 through 10. And the title again, do not be fooled into believing a false gospel. Notice now as we read God's word, I am astonished. That literally means, see, right out the gate, you say, okay, well, let's pause. And again, if you missed any previous podcasts, always go back, however you get your podcast here, the episodes, go back. In the first one that we looked at in verses one through five of this, of this chapter, chapter one, Paul's calling to preach the gospel. Now, again, the true gospel, he said from the, from the get-go, through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. 
So again, anything that runs contrary to the death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection is a false gospel. And we'll get into more particular things because Judaizers come, they start convincing Peter that you need works in order to be saved. Another form of a false gospel. But I want to give you guys a little insight again. Go back to verse four of chapter one. Notice it says, who gave himself, that's Jesus Christ, for our sins to do to deliver. That literally means to rescue from the power of darkness, from the present evil age, according to the will of God and our Father. So that right there, you see that we have grace and peace through God the Father. Why? Because he gave himself for our sins. Why? Because he delivered us from the present evil age, from the power of darkness. So that phrase, who gave himself for our sins, that's the substitutionary atonement, the voluntary act of Jesus, Jesus sacrificing himself on the cross for the sins of mankind. And that's what we discussed in the previous podcast. And so as we move forward now into this area, what now Peter, excuse me, what Paul's going to be addressing is this astonishment, this, this wonder, he says in an unfavorable way. So he, again, he's not ticked off. He's very disturbed. Like, you guys know this truth. And yet, you have quickly, he says, deserted. Or literally, you're quickly deserting, meaning you are abandoning, you are turning away him who called you into the grace of Christ. And you're turning, notice, so you're turning away from Christ and you're turning to a different gospel. So we'll touch on that in a minute. And then in verse seven, not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, notice what Paul says here, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Okay, so that's Galatians 1, 6 through 10. Let's dive in and let's unpack this. So after, remember, giving an opening or giving these opening remarks about him being called to preach this gospel of Christ who gave himself up, who died on the cross for our sins and delivered us from the present evil age, what Peter, or I keep saying Peter, I'm sorry, what Paul does is he wastes no time to rebuke those who have turned away from Christianity. Now, let me just pause and just say this. You know what I love about this? is that Paul cares so much that he is going to have a challenging conversation with not just the Galatians, but we're going to see in chapter two, but with an apostle himself who was able to even convince through the Judaizers, whether they were sent from James or not, from Acts chapter 15, we'll get to that later. But even Barnabas, and remember Barnabas was the one that took at the time Saul of Tarsus, who's newly converted to Christianity, and he is the one who presents him before the apostles for approval. And now he's hearing years later, his dear friend is believing a different gospel. 
Yes, my friends, this can happen and it does happen. You or myself or anyone for that matter, and of course I'm thinking of several former colleagues and friends, people I did ministry with or went to church with, are now living a sinful life or they are, you know, they've abandoned the faith or they've gone through their own deconversion or deconstruction, whatever the case you want to you make as to why they are no longer Christian. Or I've had some people, you guys, who grew up in a Protestant church, they profess to know Christ as Lord and Savior and they're a Mormon. So there's an outrage that you see here with Paul, there's a sense of urgency. And I love this too, because I, I look around oftentimes and maybe you feel the same way. And you're thinking, why on earth are people so lax, so chill about not only churches are declining in number, but how many people who are attending church are professing to believe a gospel that runs contrary to the Bible? And there's hardly any rebuking or, or confrontation. Let this be a reminder to all of us that in scripture, you guys, you think, well, Jay, you know, you know, Paul was an apostle. No, he's setting the example. And yes, you know what? He's actually doing what he's called to do. Because then you think about what these pastors who are called to teach the word of God are not. But that doesn't mean because you're not an apostle, you're not a, a pastor of the church, doesn't mean you can't or shouldn't rebuke somebody who's teaching a different gospel. Guys, no one's above the gospel. So this outrage that Paul has is over the fact that these Galatian Christians, what they're doing is they're abandoning the gospel of grace and they're retreating. Because notice he says, you're so quickly deserting him who called you, Jesus Christ, in grace. And it's not like they're just abandoning it and that's it. And they're like, we're not spiritual anymore. No. They're turning to a different gospel, okay, that runs contrary to Jesus Christ. So they're abandoning the gospel of grace and they're retreating to the bondage of the law. Now, I've seen this through my, my career in the ministry, and I'm sure you have as well with people who start off great, let's say, and then they start having some crazy ideas. You know, there's a lot of Torah observers you know, that are professing Christians, but saying we need to still keep to kosher things and the Shabbat and observe these things. And if we don't, then that's an indication that we're either very immature in our faith or we're not saved at all. But what Paul's doing here is says, you don't abandon grace and retreat to, to law. You're free from the law. You're no longer condemned under it. The law is perfect. The law is good. It's not that the law is bad. It's just that law can't save you. The law just points out that we're all transgressors. And it was Christ who fulfilled the law and delivered up himself on our behalf. So what Paul does here, you guys, he continues to do, by the way. This isn't just one little matter. It's multiple layers, okay? There's multiple layers to this discussion. So he goes all the way into chapter four, verse 11. Okay, so from chapter one, verse six, all the way to chapter four, Verse 11, he is doing a lot of rebuking in his letter. And in, in our culture today, especially with cancer culture and snowflakes and things like that, people get very offended quickly. And you know what? Truth is truth. But we are to speak the truth in love. And Paul does it brilliantly through the book of Galatians. You know, I'm reminded though, when you 
see his approach and being rem- and, and reminding and encouraging the church to do the same respectfully, right? Tactfully, biblically. Proverbs 27 verses five through six says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. So you guys, listen, it is better to rebuke people openly than to say you love them, but don't speak the truth to them in love. So this phrase, deserting him who called you into the grace of Christ. So Paul's description here of the Galatians is saying, look, you guys have this lapse and it's likened to a soldier abandoning his post. This is big time, right? So you've deserted your post. And this has happened because under the influence of Judaizers and Pharisees, many of the Galatians bought into the, the, this lie that certain Jewish customs, right? These, these rituals that they were living as a Jew prior to you know, accepting Christ as Lord and Savior, they're saying, no, you guys, you can have Christ, but you can't abandon these customs, our rituals. They're still binding. Remember, Jesus was a Jew. Jesus practiced these things. And so they needed to continue to observe the Torah, right? They needed to continue to be circumcised, to circumcise their children because it was necessary for salvation. Now, West Word Studies from the Greek New Testament provides insight into Paul's use of this term deserting. This is important. And I think this is actually fascinating that we're exploring this on the podcast because as I was mentioning earlier, there's a lot of, we use the word deconversion or deconstructive faith, or um, instead of evangelical, it's ex-angelical, right? A former Christian type thing. So let's get some insight into this biblical term that Paul is using here for deserting. The Greek New Testament says, the word was also used of desertion or revolt, frequently of a change in religion, philosophy, or morals. The present tense indicates that when Paul wrote, the defection of the Galatians was yet only in progress. That's interesting, isn't it? So had he used the perfect tense, that would have indicated that the Galatians had actually and finally turned against grace and had come to a settled attitude in the matter. The mind of Paul wavers between fear and hope as to the outcome. Paul was trying desperately to arrest the progress of this new doctrinal infection if he could. The Judaizers had not yet achieved any decisive success, although the Galatians were disposed to lend a ready ear to their insinuations, end quote. So that's fascinating because if you go back then to understanding verse six, he says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting. Again, what the Greek New Testament, what's implying is that uh, the present tense is indicating this defection is in progress, that you guys are turning away and turning to something. And that's how he finds out what's going down. And so he intervenes and he does this open rebuke. So again, I say this, you guys, and again, that's not saying entirely they're in the middle. There, are, uh, there were a lot of people, in the case we'll see uh, in Galatians 2, some of them have deserted and were implementing Judaism into Christianity in these customs and rituals and observing the Torah, etc. Circumcision, right? But this is fascinating because Paul is convincing as he rebukes. He's trying to win them back. And I think a lot of times, 
you guys, when people are in the thick of it, when we're seeing something going south with a friend or they're about to do something stupid and we know it, or there's some hints or some signs that something's off with them, that they're not actually you know, holding fast to God's word or what they're saying doesn't make sense to God's word, whether, again, it be about same-sex marriage or wokeness or whatever the case may be, you need to speak up. You need to say something before it gets worse. Again, an open rebuke is better than hidden love, the Bible says. Now, let's look at verse 7. Let's keep, let's keep digging into this. Not that there is another one. So I love this because Paul, again, we got to remember that when we talk about a false gospel, a perverted gospel, just because we put the word gospel in there doesn't mean that there, that, that is a truth path. So Paul's saying, it's not like there's another one when I say that you're turning to a false gospel. Okay, there's nothing, nothing that compares to the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, but there are some who trouble. Now let's look at this word trouble here. It means to cause distress, to stir up. So let's put this in context. Again, this is a sense of urgency, right, that Paul has. He's saying, hey guys, it's not like there's another one, but there are some who are causing distress among you guys. They're, they're stressing you out. They're stirring up problems among you. And notice he says, and they want to distort. That means to alter, to change, to pervert the gospel of Christ. I like how the NIV makes a distinction between the way Paul uses the distinctiveness of the two gospels, right? In verses six and seven. Listen to what it says. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different, again, the word is heteros, means different in class from other entities. So you're turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel. That means alos in Greek, which means another item in context at all. So he says, you're turning to a different belief in class and entities, which is really no gospel, which means it really um, is another item in context that makes no sense to what you are turning away from. So sometimes you guys, we can say to people, what you are saying is not at all the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have done that more often now in the community of, a pe of people who said, I was raised in the church, but I'm no longer a Christian. And when I hear back the gospel that they try to explain that they put their faith and trust in, guys, let me be honest. A lot of times it's like, you guys, I hate to break it to you, but in a way this should be kind of liberating in a way. Because as you attack Christianity, the Christianity you're attacking isn't really the biblical Christianity that is in the Bible. And that's sort of what's happening here. They're exchanging the truth of God for something that is completely in its own different realm. And it really, there's no comparison. It's not still saying that you're in the camp of Christianity. And I think that's what's happened in our culture so much. It's like it was happening then, you guys. Again, nothing's new under the sun. Just because you're still saying, well, I believe in Jesus. But the moment you distort or alter, remember that he says they want to distort. They're altering, they're changing, they're perverting something. The moment you do that is not remotely the same. 
So this phrase here, some who trouble, again, let's, let's, when I'm going to read this to you and then I want you guys to put it into context in your life, because there are going to be people in your church and it sadly could be people in your leadership. Instead of helping you in life, they want to trouble you. They cause problems. The Judaizers, you guys here, they were causing the Christian Galatians much turmoil. They're causing them emotional distress. And, and what Paul's demonstrating here is his ministry is the complete opposite. He's talking about Jesus and his own life as well. If you think about it, Jesus gave up his life for you and me. And Paul's giving up his life to do the work that God has called him with much persecution and turmoil. And so when Jesus gave up himself, when he spoke the truth, he was showing us this is the way. And, and so now what Paul's saying is, you guys, I am tasked, again, go back to Galatians chapter one, verses one through five. I am tasked as an apostle of Jesus Christ to preach the gospel, to protect the churches from false teachers. You know, later Paul will say in the book of Acts, and again, we studied it. So you can go to Acts chapter 20 and our podcast, but look at verses 28 through 35. Notice what Paul says here. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among you, your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that there are there have been three years I did not cease night and day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no other one silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. And all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. So you see, even you guys, false teachers are not just people who are teaching a perverted gospel, but people who take advantage of you or me, whether it be our status, financially. He says, I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. And there are people who twist and distort the gospel to make it seem like you know, like the prosperity preachers that you need to sow seeds of, of money to be blessed by God as he's blessed me, almost like they have the power to bless you through God. And so this phrase, so that's how people, number one, they're troubling them in a way that was taking them away from God. Oh, I'll help you. I got this covered. You can believe, you can trust me. But yet all the while they wanted to distort the gospel. You see, here's the thing. And this is what Paul was posing. He's going to be talking about this throughout the whole letter to Galatians, to the Galatian people. If work-based salvation is true, then the gospel according to Paul is false. And therefore Christ died in vain. Paul will later write in Galatians chapter 2, verse 21, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness, notice, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. There's only one gospel according to the scriptures. The good news, that is the gospels by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. John 1, 17 says it like this, you guys, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. 
So the bottom line here, a distorted gospel is a work-based salvation. That's a false gospel. Why? Because the law condemns, but yet grace restores. The law shows your flaws, but grace forgives you of your flaws. The law kills, but yet the grace that we get through Jesus Christ makes you and I alive. So anything that is a work-based salvation is a distorted gospel. So now he says here in verse eight, he's even challenges this thing. He says, listen, you guys, even if an angel from heaven, which of course wouldn't happen, should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone, he stresses it again, so this is an emphasis that we cannot miss. If anyone is preaching to a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. What is Paul doing here? Why does he get, almost have a, a double emphasis here? Well, Paul, is un, he's unyielding you guys. He continues to, remember he says, I am, I am, I am blown away. I'm astonished. This is not a favorable thing, you guys, for me to present this to you guys, okay? I'm very troubled that you guys are turning to people who are causing trouble in your life. And on top of that, you guys are turning from truth and your guys are turning to a false, distorted gospel that these people that you think are going to help you, that you're, 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 you're giving them your lives. They're not going to protect you. They are teaching you a false gospel. And so he's unyielding about this, you guys, and defending, one, the purity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And secondly, he's calling out these false teachers who are coming from Jewish mysticism, you guys. These are doctrines of demons, and they're going to cause major havoc in people's lives, major bondage. Remember, at this time, it was very common for practices of mystics and visionaries to um, you know, claim that their revelations or their prophecies came from angelic beings. And that's, again, as I, when I said that earlier, that there's no way that an angel from heaven, right, a messenger of God, will preach a contrary gospel. So we know that to be the case in terms of that doctrine. But what he's implying is he's speaking to these revelations and prophecies that people say came from angelic beings. And he's saying from that source, which is false, I believe in many cases they come from demons. He's saying it doesn't matter how good the message may sound. Think about that. Or how elaborate it might be. Paul says, nonetheless, as he warns the Galatians, you are to hold fast to the gospel that you heard preached to you by the apostles of Jesus Christ. In one of his letters in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, listen to these words that Paul told the Thessalonians. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is the word of God, which is at work in you, in you believers. See, so when, when, the, when the gospel is preached from you and me, it's ultimately people hearing from God. It's coming from his word. It's his truth. And so we have to understand, you guys, that a false gospel says, just be the best you can be and you'll get to heaven. No, the Bible says, from the, the standpoint of the real gospel comes from Jesus Christ, there is none righteous, no, not one. A false gospel says you must follow commands, right? Certain commandments, work-based salvation if you want to be holy. A real gospel that we see in the Bible is that Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. 
He says, I'm the one that offered up my life. I fulfilled the law. And yes, you are now to follow my commandments. You're to live a life according to how I have lived. False gospel says, be nice to your parents. Um, you know, they'll help you get to heaven. If your parents are saved, you're saved. False gospel says, God wants you to be rich. A false gospel says, going to church makes you a Christian. A false gospel says, there are multiple, many ways to God besides Jesus. The gospel that we see according to Jesus Christ, one that Paul's preaching here, is that it's only by the grace of God and through our faith that we put our you know, trust in Jesus who saved us from our sins and who saved us from the present age, from the power of darkness, who saved us from death and has given us newness of life. So Paul's saying, you guys, notice this now. He not only rebukes, but he, in a way, curses. Okay? Think about this. He not only rebukes these troublemakers who are teaching and twisting the gospel. But here, this word accursed, and the Greek word is anathema, or anathema, which means turning over a false teacher to the destruction in hell. <laughs> okay. Or literally to expose a culprit to the judicial wrath of God. You see this in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 22, Romans chapter 9, verse 3. So the Judaizers' actions were an offense against God. They were an offense against the gospel message of Christ, and they were an offense against the sanctified body of believers. This is big time, you guys. This isn't something just to look past. You know, when you look in the Old Testament, you see a lot of this among false teachers and prophets, right, who are called out by people like Moses and others. And Deuteronomy 13, verse 5, Deuteronomy 18, verse 5, Jeremiah 23, verse 16. I love what the Osbury Bible commentary says regarding this phrase, let them be accursed says, in the present age, there is no tendency for believers to adopt Jewish legalism as a supplement to grace. Yet there always seems to be the temptation to relegate God's grace to second place. It is the human tendency to put your own achievements on a pedestal. See what we have accomplished? We want to say to God, to mingle grace with anything is to make a travesty of the gospel, end quote. So Paul says, let that person be accursed. Again, literally means turning over a false teacher to the destruction in hell because of what they're doing and distorting God's truth. So when he then transitions in verse 10 about seeking the approval of man over God, notice the whole thing here, guys, if we seek to please man, you're not a servant of Christ. So here in verse 10, it acts as a transition. And what Paul does here is he proceeds to defend his motives, okay? So again, rebuke, and then there's a cursing because this is major stuff, as I told you guys, major stuff because it's an offense against God, it's an offense against the gospel message of Jesus Christ, how he, you know, why he came to do what he did, and it's an offense against the sanctified body of believers. And that's why Paul says, let that person be accursed. It's just like in 1 Corinthians 5 when somebody is, in, in sexual sin with his mother. And Paul says, I hand that person to Satan. That's how intense that sin is. And so this is how bad this is. So it's a rebuke. It's, it's, a, it's a, in a way, an, a, a curse, a curse on this person saying, may you, it would, because of what you're doing and how you're distorting God's truth, you be judged. You be handed over to the wrath of God. That's what he's saying. 
And then, and then here in verse 10, he defends his motives for rebuking the Galatians and not caving to the pressures of the Judaizers. So you guys, a lot of times people don't rebuke. They clearly, guys, there's a lot of times we see a false gospel. The question is, what do you do about it? And I love this because, and hopefully this encourages you. Man, this is not giving you license to be, become like a vigilante rebuker in the church, okay? I myself am very cautious when I speak about certain things. Because sometimes God, I feel from the Holy Spirit is like, don't, the Holy Spirit's telling me, don't say anything. Pray about it first. Or yes, say something, right? You got to be sensitive. But I love this because it's a good reminder for me. When you do a rebuke, I'm doing it because I'm not seeking the approval of man. Like at the end of the day, it's to please God because I'm a servant of Christ. It's my job. And that's what Paul is saying. Remember, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ and I'm giving this open rebuke and I'm cursing these false teachers and handing them over to the wrath of God because of what they're doing, because of the offense. Because remember, you guys, at this point, Judaizers, they were exploiting Paul's name. So they weren't just causing trouble in, in, in perverting the gospel. They were exploiting Paul's name to further their false teachings and curry favor among the Galatians. And I've had that in my own life. Perhaps you have as well. People will use your name for credibility's sake. So Paul here, you guys, was unmoved in trying to please these people and work with them in a way. He was, he was dedicated to his calling as a servant of Christ. Remember, Jesus said himself in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. So clearly, Paul was not going to accept these false teachers, these false gospel. He was going to call them out. And he'll continue to do that as he defends his authority and his gospel message in the next verses in 11 through 14 that we'll pick up in our next episode. So my friends, as we wrap up this podcast, as we look at the message of not being fooled to believing a false gospel, I ask you, do you know the truth of Jesus Christ? And if you do, you know his word. You know that we're only saved through faith in his grace, not of ourselves, but a gift. It's a gift from God. Not of works, at least you or I boast of saying, look at me, look what I've done. No, it's look at the finished work. Look at the finished work of Jesus Christ. So I pray that guys not only, uh, you know, will prevent you from falling into a false gospel, but I pray what it will do is it will draw you closer to Jesus Christ and motivate you and inspire you and convict you and embolden you to go out there and do some rebuking against people who are teaching something contrary to the Bible. So thank you guys for listening. Until next time, keep standing strong, my friends. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening and keep standing strong in the Word of God.